Hello? Amazon? <laughs> this is um Stanley Fritz. Yes, um the other day I ordered um the Shatisha five thousand with two day shipping. You're and like obsessed with this. I still have not received the Toppy Bot. Um Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Hi. Hi. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. I was not checking in on my sex robot because I don't have one. Stanley, Nor will you you've ever. been obsessed with sex robots for the last five days. I am not obsessed with anything. The Top You Buy 5000, a.k.a. Shot Tisha 2500, is coming to my house as an experiment. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, well, we'll talk more about that n- during the news roundup. But welcome yeah. back, guys. Yes. Sunday. It's nice to be here. Who Definitely. Who am I? Yes. I'm Jackie Cohen. I'm really? Political correspondent. Um, follow nasty, me on Twitter. <laughs> nasty woman. I'm wearing my nasty woman T-shirt today in honor of the one-year Women's March anniversary slash Women's March that happened yesterday all over the country. Yep, yes, it's, it's great. Lit. Yeah. Um, who else is here? Hey guys, <laughs> how are I'm you sorry. doing? Hey guys, I'm a little. You're feeling it this Sunday. I, re- really... I really am. I really am. Forgive me. Did um, you have a late but... night. Yeah, I really did. I, I had a late night, guys. But um. Welcome to the show. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk foreign policy, social issues, and political issues every Sunday right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. My name is Selena Hill. That was Jackie Cohen. And Stanley Fritz opened up the show ordering his sex robot. Um, Don't be surprised. But we have a great show lined up. Oh, by the way, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. Miss is spelled with an M-S. And if you see me in the streets, you can refer to me as Miss Hill. I get that all the time. (laughs) Really? Yeah. People come up to you and call you Miss Hill. Yeah, seriously. I love that. Thank you. Jackie, you are the biggest support. I love I you. Lo- like, I just love Selena. Stanley's the biggest hater, and Jackie's the biggest supporter. We're like your shoulder angel and shoulder devil. Oh. Selena, just because I want to see you fail and do bad doesn't mean I'm a hater. <laughs> right. No, you're you are literally like implementing strategy for me to like fail at different points. What's going on, Facebook Live? How you guys doing? What's going on, Ustream team? What's going on, FM crew? This is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Snapchat at Stan Fritz. You can even find me on, wait, you can't find me on Snapchat at Stan Fritz, can you? No, it's dark it, skin is, swindle. it is dark skin You can find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz, and I've been posting more, so much so that even Selena is proud of my activity on Instagram. <laughs> I am. You I, are. I was, I was very, well, you know what? Speak, you know, Jackie actually watches all of my videos on Insta Story. Yeah, they're incredible. Stanley has been posting more. I don't know if you have you seen his posts? No, because I don't really care. <laughs> but Selena's Instagram stories are amazing. Selena will get somebody else to record her, like in a workout class where she is like doing like Zumba or whatever. I thought that was but normal. But there's somebody, yeah, that's very normal. Yeah, and she'll have, she will have a tandem Instagram story and Snapchat story of the same thing, yet somehow the the videos are completely different. <laughs> it's like it's masterful. Oh I really, Jack, I, just you, wish I encourage all to watch. Oh, thank you, Jackie. I appreciate <laughs> that. No one ever looks at you, looks at you like you're crazy when you ask them to do this. And how no. many phones do you have that is showing up on <laughs> Snapchat, Insta Live, Facebook Live, Periscope, Skonex, MySpace? All right, Stanley, it's everywhere. It's you are don't try to figure exactly. out the magic. It's just let it let it be out there. It's, it's my magic. It's K two. <laughs> anyway. St- Two things Stanley's obsessed with, sex bots and K2. Yeah. But anyway, guys, so we have a great There's show. a lot more important things to discuss this Sunday. Exactly. And we're going to be talking about that Aziz and sorry expose and babe. Uh, Jackie and I read it last week, literally less than 24 hours after it came out. And we talked about it a little bit on this show last Sunday. But this Sunday, we're going to take a deep dive into uh, consent, sexual assault, 
and healthy relationships in the age of hooking up. And we have a very special guest in studio with us who we will introduce momentarily. But before we get into all of that, we're going to start the show off with a couple of fun news stories and not so fun news stories during the news roundup. And of course, you can let your voice be heard by calling in at 212 612- Six five zero six nine zero three. You can also tweet us at be heard underscore radio. And shout out to the people who have been tweeting us yeah. this morning. We have um a few different tweets that we will read um in a few more moments when we start talking about Aziz and Sorry and the other stuff. So thank you guys for tweeting us. Stay tuned. And if you are bold enough, definitely call us up at 212-650-6903. Right. Or if you're watching us on Facebook Live, please leave a comment. We will read it on air and try to address it. Absolutely. Leave those comments on Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. On that note, we do have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're jumping right into some of the biggest news stories of the week, like the Women's March and the government shutdown and Stanley's new obsession with sex robots. All, all equally important topics. Seriously. Really. Okay. Stay tuned, guys. Guys. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Hey guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I am here with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and of course, our wonderful new friend, whose name I already know, and I'm not going through the paper to see it, Cynthia Friedman. <laughs> I'll tell you more about her later. If you're wondering what we're talking about today, we have an action-packed show, but we're going to start off with the news roundup. It's where we talk about things that made us laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or yell let Jackie or Selena on the phone Thursday night at 10.36 p.m. because we were tired. We literally, that happened. This is true. And if you have a story you want to share, give us a call at 212-650-6903 or tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. And if you're on Facebook Live, of course, leave a comment. We will read them. I want to give a shout out to Patricia, Dara, and Roland who are already listening live Patricia. It's Patty. Oh, yeah. Hey, Patty. And and Emily is probably watching with her. So all the way from Denver. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Definitely appreciate that. Patty just loves living in far places. Where's Buffalo? I know. From faraway lands. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. All right. So what's what's up? So, okay. So this is the part of the show where we talk about the things that made us laugh, cry. I literally just said that. He did? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Look, I'm still waking up. It's Sunday morning. All right. So uh, news stories of the week. Guys, the government is officially shut down. Why? Because it's the Trump shutdown. I mean, it's one anniversary after he was inaugurated and came into office. And we're celebrating. Well, he's celebrating by shutting down the government. What happened was (laughs) apparently Democrats and Republicans could not come to an agreement on a federal spending bill uh, because Republicans uh, insisted on putting uh, legislation in there that would build a border wall um, against the U.S.-Mexico border. So, um, of course, that's a horrible idea. It costs way too much money. It's not necessary. And it's discriminatory in many different ways. So uh, Democrats said, we are not going to support this. And right now... The government is shut down. It's been shut down for about 48, uh, going on 48 hours. Yeah, and this has huge impacts, uh, particularly on people who work for the government, um, who are not getting paid right now, who, you know, have no other option but to sit and wait this out. Um, this had really large financial impacts um, and, and you know, 
sort of political impacts when this happened in 2013, um, where the table was sort of turned. This was more of a Republican-led shutdown in response to Obamacare and trying to dismantle it. Um, And at first, this had a huge negative impact on the Republican Party. But then we saw the Republicans took over the House and the Senate in the following mid your midterm elections. Um, So I really wonder what the impact will be of this shutdown, if it will have any negative implications for the Dems because of it, if, you know, they'll come out stronger because of the shutdown, you know, what are what the impact is on people who are sitting at home, not allowed to go into work and get paid, you know, this, this is, it will be interesting to see this this week. Well, this is the first time that the government shut down with Republicans uh, being in control of every branch of Congress, including White House. So. Branch of government. Gover- so government, the executive yeah. and the yep. the legislative branch. Absolutely. Right. Stanley? In 2013, we literally had a government shutdown because Republicans didn't want people to have access to affordable health insurance. And now we're having a government shutdown because Republicans don't think that children should have access to affordable health insurance. And they also hate undocumented people from places like Haiti, Mexico, El Salvador, and and any other place where you can find someone who is darker than a bag of Cheetos. Because we all know our president is a Cheeto. (laughs) And, you know, we got to talk about the political winners and losers because it has real repercussions. But like you guys mentioned, there's a bunch of people who are not going to get paid. This might even impact your taxes. I know some people want to ball out, get their sex doll, mm. maybe <laughs> go on a vacation with their tax refund. Yep. That might be late, beloved. Yeah, it, it affects a lot of different things. Um, even uh, national monuments like the Statue of Liberty. Oh, which, yeah, there um, were a lot of tourists I heard yesterday that wanted to go visit the Statue of Liberty oh, and were denied access, which whatever. That's not I mean, good for them. No, yes. no, you know what? It stimulates the economy. It's, it, you know, people want to visit national lands. <laughs> well, okay, but in the meantime, there are probably people that work at the Statue of Liberty that aren't making a ton of money that mm. are really dependent on that paycheck that are now sitting at home with no income coming in because the government can't get it together. Exactly. So. And government, uh, government. Governor Cuomo said that he might he wants to use state funding to keep it open. So we'll see. Just because he said like the Statue of Liberty, he'll obviously, it's MTA fund yeah, he'll take <laughs> it from the NCA, which is <laughs> seems to be his says. plan this week. Um, That's what he says. So yeah, um, do you guys foresee any predictions on when Congress will get it together? And I I've open stopped the government? predicting anything really? about this Congress and have, this government. I it's, have one message. Yeah, for the Dems, what? hold on. Yeah, don't fold because last I heard. Chuck Schumer was going to give them money for the wall if they put a DACA deal in the um a deferred action deal yep. in the um in the credit um limit bill. And no, don't do that. The yeah, wall we is need stupid. a clean DACA bill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Building a wall would be a disaster. And yeah. it's not something that, you know, I, I agree. I mean I think that this government shutdown needs to end, but I also don't think that it should come at the cost of building a wall separating Mexico from the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Or it's a ridiculous. bill that will criminalize people who um, have deferred action. Exactly. That if exactly. they don't make a certain amount of money, they could be thrown in jail. Because right. that's what the Republicans have in their bill. Right. Right, absolutely. So moving things along, um, other things trending, big news. The <laughs> Women's March. Yeah. Uh, there were rallies across the nation. What's that? On Saturday. You know what that uh, is. Today, women, uh, they have the Power to the Polls March in Las Vegas. This is the second year in a row that women are taking their voices to the streets and demanding justice, action, equal rights, equality, a number of different things. However, (laughs) President Donald Trump 
seems to think that they're celebrating right. his presidency. I know. He literally tweeted <laughs> out, and I quote, beautiful weather all over our great country, a perfect day for our women to march. Get out there now to celebrate the historic milestones and unprecedented economic success and wealth creation that has taken place <laughs> over the last 12 months. Lowest female unemployment in 18 years. And, like, I'm just like, maybe someone should tell him that the premise of the march is actually based on protesting him, yeah. his <laughs> legislations, and his women hatred. Like, are you kidding He's me? He's a delusional idiot. This is... But I mean, why would, he tw- why would they let him tweet that? But what, as if they <laughs> have any say in what he tweets. I mean, he's the president that's seemingly starting to prompt a nuclear war over Twitter. So this is very on brand for President Trump, for sure. I mean, like, of course he would take credit for it, right? If he can't, <laughs> if he can't control it, he can try to control the message and take credit for it, which is outrageous. I mean, if you look at any sign that any person was holding at these marches yesterday, you would see that they were all very specifically directed towards him and his administration. I, I laughed out loud. I mean, it's awful, but I, I laughed out loud. You got to just laugh at shit like that, honestly. So you were just laughing at President Trump. But what do you I think mean, about well, the Women's March, Stanley? I love the Women's March. Um, I went last year. I did not go this year. Obviously, because you're here. Yeah. No, but it was yesterday. I mean, there's there's the March to the Polls in Las Vegas today, but many of the marches happened across the country yesterday all yeah, day yeah. long. Maryland went to the march. Um, Which one? The one in, um, in Midtown on, on 59th Street. Oh, wow. And it was kind of <laughs> funny because... so. One of Marilyn's criticisms about the women's march is like, it's just a white lady thing. So mm. she went, and some white lady said to her and her friends, it's so good to see you minorities here. <gasps> no. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Well, I think that there was a really important oh. conversation after last year's Women's March mm-hmm. um, around that issue, right? Around the intersection of feminism and how... Um, you know, a lot of women of color felt marginalized by white women showing up for themselves, but not for other women. And that's sort of been the long history of feminism in this country of white women speaking out for their own needs and sort of casting aside the needs of other women of color um, and trans women. And, you know, the, any woman that doesn't fit into that cisgender white well, the voting, identity. the voting base of white women have proven it's not about anybody but them already. They voted for Trump. They right. voted for the alleged child molester. So I, I don't I mean, I know we shouldn't be surprised by these things. We should always be surprised and we should always be looking for the good in people. But the <laughs> voting base of white women has proven that they're trash. Mm. So I'm not surprised that they would go vote for a racist or a pedophile and then go march against that. Because their husband sold them to well, whatever it was. Well, I think there's a big difference between white women on the left and white women on the right. Not so much. I think that. So are you saying that white Democrat Democratic women voted for Roy Moore and for Donald Trump? Is that no. what you're saying? No. So when so I say there's not much of a difference, I'm saying that white women on the left can be just as problematic as white women. But they're on the not right. voting for those problematic just be- candidates. Just because you're not voting for a problematic candidate doesn't mean you're you're not erasing black women's issues or trans issues or upholding problematic ideas like no 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 that no that i agree fun. with but i just wanted to differentiate between like the the women who, how they're voting because it's not all white women well voting sure for but people. and i think that this will lend itself to the to our next topic about consent um i think that there you know there's a lot of conversation in this country about like who's right and who's wrong who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and just because you're not siding with you know, the orange Cheeto, you're not signing with the alleged child molester in Alabama doesn't mean that you're not doing anything problematic because you vote the right way. Just because you vote 
you know, for progressive candidates doesn't mean that you're doing anything. You're not doing anything to uphold the system that oppresses right. others. So it's important to talk about. It. And I'm glad that this past year we've talked about it. Um, but I think that in general, like the Women's March, I saw last year many, many women who felt empowered to step out into the street and protest who never have felt that way before. And so I think that's really important. And we've talked about it on the show before where, you know, that momentum has been upheld largely throughout this past year. We've seen many, many, many large scale protests happened throughout the country um, that sort of stemmed, you know, I, th- I think the Women's March was like the launching point for that. I think a week, I think it was a week after mm-hmm. the Women's March or was it two weeks after um, where the president tried to put in place the initial Muslim ban and mm-hmm. people yep. fled to airports all over the country. Absolutely. I think that, you know, what we fear, certainly Stanley and I as organizers, is that we're going to organize something, people are going to show out you know, show up on mass and then that momentum will die and people yeah. will feel like they did their part and that's it. But we've seen this past year that people keep showing up, that they feel the pressure is on and that they're not necessarily going to back down. Absolutely. That's good. I hope that energy stays. And before we go on a break, guys, I do want to read one comment we have coming from Facebook Live. We have a couple of comments and keep them coming, by the way, guys. But I want to um, shout out Michelle Monique because this, this is her first time commenting. And she Yay. says, I didn't go to the Women's March, but when I was in the city yesterday, I did notice that there weren't many mm. black women or women hmm. of color. So, um, Michelle, thank you so much for giving that comment. Um, just real quick, guys, I want to say, because I know we got to go on break, sex dolls, they are real. Oh, my Stanley, God. Stanley, you've they been are, obsessed really quickly. No, no, Tell us, what's th- what is this phenomenon about sex dolls? What so is it? So, there's apparently this guy, um, an engineer, who created these dolls that are lifelike, and you can have sex with them, and they can talk to you, and it is very obvious, obvious that he's never had a... A woman talk to a woman or had a girlfriend before <laughs> because none of these sex dolls sound anything like anyone I've ever met. Some of the questions he asked his sex doll, if I asked any woman that, not even Marilyn, they would just look at me like I'm stupid. I mean, Marilyn looks at me like I'm stupid. I mean, dumb. we all look at you like you're anyone. stupid most of the time. Can so. I just say, look, I, I'm i not here to judge anyone's sexual preference, but I will say I think it's kind of problematic that you're creating these lifelike dolls with like exaggerated features who can't say no. And I know that we're going to talk about consent later, but I don't think that we should be... Why are you going to take the fun out of the top, you guys? No, but I'm just trying to say, like, we're putting this Keeping out there in real. the world. Right. So, and right, it's guys, like, I don't want to teach young boys that, like, yeah. you should be idolizing dolls and don't women... Don't idolize that... them, pay for them, the dolls. Anyway, the dolls. all right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about consent, sexual assault, and Aziz and sorry. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, what's popping you stream? What's going on FM frequency? Hello, podcasters. Thank you for pressing play. Help us get those clicks up. And of course, Facebook Live, I love you. I miss you. I appreciate you. I'm in the studio with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and of course, Cynthia, the litness Friedman. <laughs> Did I get your last name right, beloved? Yeah. And I you got her middle name right, too. That's amazing. The litmus? She you know, listen. She didn't even tell you. <laughs> you know how in the movies they always had the magical Negroes? I'm one of them. So anyways, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> had to make sure her mic was on, guys. You see, when you engineer and you host, you got to do double the work. Mm. Always got to be twice as good, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, guys, we are not here for laughs and jokes. We're actually here to have a very serious conversation. So by now. Everyone has either read the article or heard people arguing about the article or helped me start a Facebook war on my page about the article from a <laughs> yeah. woman who, um, her code name is Grace, and she talks about a very bad date that she had with Aziz Ansari um, in which that, you know, he exhibited behaviors that some would say was assault, some would say was sexually bullying. No matter how you put it, 
It was inappropriate. It was wrong. And it left her feeling very bad, taken advantage of, and disrespected. There's been lots of arguments going on all over the place saying that he... Aziz Ansari is another ca- another casualty of the Me Too movement. There are some people who are saying that this story that was published by a feminist website called Babe was an example of the Me Too movement going too far or something that disgraces the Me Too movement. And there's lots of conversations, including conversations in my group chat, talking about consent. Because if we're just being honest, a lot of the behavior that Aziz exhibited in that in an exchange with the woman, I know a lot of guys who have done things similar. And you know what? I've done things similar too. So all of a sudden, now we're thinking to ourselves, what the hell is happening? To help us have this conversation, as I said before, we have our wonderful guest here, Cynthia Friedman, and she is a sex educator, and her program, Sex on the Table, not the actual act, it's actually like an organization, <laughs> is in the final stage of development, and she's here to help us understand what consent means. But before we be responsible, it's really important that we talk some junk. No, not talk junk jazz, but really like talk our feelings out. So the first question I want to ask to the room who's all read this article and have been in numerous arguments is what was your reaction when you first read this story or you heard what happened with the Z's with and Grace situation? And I want to start with Selena. Um, yeah, so we talked about it a little bit last week because um, I read it fresh. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction without... Uh, hearing or any other backlash or any of the articles written in response i was like i really didn't think that night went as bad as she portrayed it to be mm. i didn't see it as sexual assault i had a really hard time relating to her and even empathizing with her because i kept thinking to myself when i read it i'm just like okay if you felt uncomfortable why'd you go to the bathroom to wash your face why didn't you leave if you didn't like that he kept putting his fingers in your mouth why didn't you tell him not to like why did like because the thing is she did say no to certain things like when he wanted to have um penetrative sex um in her vagina yeah right you got it she said no (laughs) and (laughs) and and then he was like okay we'll get back on the couch and we'll, we'll chill we will chill more and then at one point like she was she she said that, you know, she displayed being just uncomfortable and he was like, OK, let's put our clothes back on. And then they did. And I'm just like, why does he have so much power? Like he he's the one who said, let's put our clothes on. He's the one who said, let's chill. He's the one. Hmm. who And it's just like I, I literally like did not understand why she didn't say anything. And then. All of the backlash, right? You saw articles in the New York Times and the Atlantic and a number of people who identify as feminists like myself saying like, you know what? This is not, he is not Harvey Weinstein. He is not a sexual predator. And a number of people, men and women, old and young said, this is an example of bad sex, a date gone wrong. Right. Jackie? I mean, I so I read this article and it resonated with me more than most of the stories we've been hearing about um, because I feel like I've had very similar experiences where I've been in a position where I've sort of second guessed everything that I was doing and was like, is it just me or is it this person? I don't really know. You know, like it wasn't so clear to me that I needed to be outraged and walk away or I didn't feel like it was appropriate to do that or or that I could. Um, so I, I would push back against or, you know, not push back because, Selena, that's your, your, you know, your initial reaction to it. But I think mine differed from yours in a way where I, I felt like, oh, this is something I've definitely experienced. And while, you know, I, I get why people are saying, oh, this is an example of a bad date. Um, it's because it's this is behavior that I think is 
is changeable. I think that this, what he did was completely avoidable. It wasn't just like a bad match. It was like this aggressive behavior where he didn't really consider her feelings or needs and, you know, continue to act anyway. And I, I mean, think he said when he said when she said no, he didn't do it. So how did he not consider it? Because I think he still was like was like trying to like conquer it right like he was still like moving forward towards it he didn't disengage like he it just because he wasn't like you know he did not force her to have sex with him right but i think that for a lot of people they see that as the line of inappropriate behavior is legality and i don't i think that you can be inappropriate sexually you can coerce someone into having sex with you or you know engaging in sexual acts with you without it being illegal and that doesn't mean that it's not wrong so that was my so here I'm going to push the lean a little bit. I'm going to go throw it to Cynthia because I see she's getting ready to shoot her shot, too. <laughs> I want you to shoot your shot, beloved. Pull up from 40. So now, <laughs> I'm using the word you frame, sh- shoot your shot. What, like, Aziz was doing, from what I understood, is, like, what boys have been told to do or, like, guys have been told to do. It's, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, like, she plays hard to get. Women do that. Don't be afraid to, like, you know, take a shot. The worst you can do is say no. Right. And if she doesn't say no, you're in there. And then what we call that is shooting your shot or pulling up from 40. So, like, a situation where it, the chances are slim you're going to get some, but you try anyway, you pull up from 40. He pulled up from 40, asked for head, she gave him some. Right. So, and then, like, at the end of it, he felt confused about, you know, he felt surprised when she said that she wasn't comfortable during that time period. But, like, I can understand why he was confused. Because I would have been confused in the same situation. I was confused, too. I mean, they both performed sexual acts on each other. Uh, they And it's like, for afterward, I think she left feeling very empty or, or very, was it shell, shell-shocked? I'm not 100% sure. But it, it, was, it was very confusing. Because, like, even when he asked for oral sex... He literally pointed to his crotch and she complied. I was like, how polite is Aziz? Like, he didn't say, like, he didn't even say anything. He just pointed. And, like, if I, I don't know, because, like, I just felt like if it was, I guess I put myself in that situation. I think that, like, me, I personally, as an empowered woman, as an empowered feminist who owns her sexuality and the fact that I'm celibate and I love saying no, I would have <laughs> been like, are you kidding? Like, I would have said no. Like, so I just look at things very, very differently. But I also understand, like, when I was 16 and put in circumstances where I did not feel comfortable telling a guy no. And I did freeze up. And I did, like, my body language said no, but I didn't have language to say yes. I mean, yes or no. So, like, I kind of felt like maybe she felt like how I felt when I was 16 years old. Not, Not from the perspective of a liberated empowered woman that i am now well thank you for sharing that selena and i have a question for you guys and i want to throw it to cynthia first then actually no this is a a real loaded question i'm not gonna do that to you (laughs) um but like so do you think this is sexual assault i mean i you know i'm not going to say no like i i don't know it's difficult i think it's really difficult um i think I mean, I think I I would like Cynthia to, <laughs> to let's answer. Let, let's let our sex education <laughs> expert answer the question. Yeah, what is this sexual assault. Um. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks is for my being mic. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I find it so interesting about how we're having this conversation is for me the fact that our central question here is is this sexual assault mm. is like a really sad question to be starting from that like we. In, like, we can ask that question and it's worth exploring. And also, 
I'm dreaming of in the and like working towards a future where that's actually not the central question. That like this question of is that sexual assault? Like was this an ex- an act of extreme violence? Like I would love for the question instead. Like I imagine in five years from now, people reading this article and being like, "Wow, that sounds like a terrible experience." Like the question is not whether it's sexual assault, but we could be asking the question of like. Was that an amazing experience for everyone involved? Like, what's it going to take for us to get to that question where that, you know, where we're not. Mm-hmm. Where the bar is so low, where it's like, as yeah. long as it's not at salt. Right. I get what you're saying, Cynthia. I know we have. Yeah, so we do have a call on the line, guys. We've got to go on a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll get to the caller and we'll finish the conversation. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are talking about Aziz Ansari, Grace, and Consent. We are back on Let Your Voice <laughs> you Be Heard. You love Cardi B. <laughs> Yes, I do. And, and I've been rocking with her since she was just on Instagram. You know, and you said in the strip club, too. I was in the strip club. With Cardi B. Yeah. She was stripping. I was throwing money. I can't. Well, I just have that, find you know, that so hard to believe. Actually, when I, I always felt weird about throwing money. I was just handing it to them. Because it's like, that's kind of rude. Like, she's working. to like, throw a dollar bill at her. So but you anyway, handed Cardi B your dollar. She was okay. like, what you doing? That's mad stupid. But anyways, <laughs> guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem, the place where we respect strippers. We have been having a conversation about Aziz Ansari, Grace, and the debate about consent. And there really shouldn't be a debate about consent. But Cynthia, before we went to break, just said that she wants to get to a space where we get past the basic, like, kind of like, oh, this is consent, and really have a more nuanced conversation about that. And in the spirit of trying to have a nuanced conversation about that, we have a caller on the line who would like to let his voice be heard. So, Haja, let your voice be heard. Okay, good morning to everybody there at the station. I just want to say this is a timely and important conversation that you're having. It's good, especially in these times. And uh, just keep up the good work, you and Selena, all right? Thank you very much, Haja. Appreciate and that. And Jackie. Thank you so much, Haja. We are a team effort here. I mean, we don't even mention you. Jackie. She could be like Michelle from Destiny Shire. <gasps> That's not nice. That is well, disrespectful. Uh, okay. No, but we really appreciate the support. And we and we do think that this is a really important conversation to have. And that's that's obviously why we're having it. Well, I, I want to say this. I posed a question on Twitter uh, earlier today. Uh, the question was, um, give me one second. I said, so Aziz and Ansari's reputation has been called in question is this fair? And we got really good responses, right? Because we know there's a lot of debate over Aziz. And I wanted to read off Phil Pierre's response. He says, and I quote, if we're going to question Aziz, then we have to question men as a whole. We have to take a deep dive into what masculinity looks like in our country and society. Aziz claims he's a dominant. Does that mean he was justified? Absolutely not. But why was that his defense? Thank you so much, Phil, for chiming in on Twitter. And yeah, I have two more comments I want to get to. Then I kind of want to bring it, get it back to Cynthia. So this this first one is from Dara, um, Dara Kalima. She's and got, that's on Facebook. That's on Facebook Live. Thank you for commenting on Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys. I see you, Roger. Thanks for listening. So Dara says, "I have been Grace. I wouldn't call it sexual assault, but it's not as clear cut for women as you think. Not everyone feels empowered to say no in the moment. Mm. It's a thin line." Coercion is a problem, as is the training to shoot your shot. Mm. Good point. Michelet Monique says, not saying because he ate her out, everything is cool. Either way, I think men should be more respectful to women. Another good comment, guys. Keep the comments coming. We appreciate them. And also call us at 212-650-6903. If you're on Twitter, shoot the tweet at BeHeard underscore radio. Now, Cynthia, this might be a conversation between me and you. So come on, girl. Let's. (laughs) All right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about them over here, okay? <laughs> hey. This this story really hit me deep. 
So like like I've told a couple of people, I don't think I've ever gone like as far as like Aziz has where she said that, you know, he was trying to pull her hand down to his mm-hmm. genitals and like she was she would try to stop but he was still trying to do it. She tried to like pull away from him and he was holding her. I don't think I've ever gone that far, but I've that shoot your shot culture, I've shot my shot. Mm-hmm. Netflix and chill, where like you make the move, she shoots it down the first time, so you go, All right, cool. Couple more minutes of movies, you shoot your shot again, it goes in or it doesn't, you let then you let it go. I've done that. And what the biggest takeaway I've gotten from this is that like we need to retrain men about how to engage with women because I've been following this playbook all my life and all of a sudden you're telling me it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So what 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 does that look like now? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point. And I think it also speaks to the culture we're in that like, so I think there's two sides to the same coin. We're naming the fact that um, people are really socialized to like for men to be taught to like advance, make the first move, all this stuff. Pull up from 40. And women are taught to um, wait for that or to, you know, I think that it's the two sides of the same coin of if we're shaming women for being overtly sexual, if we're shaming women for ta- like taking control of their sexual lives, then like I know that growing up when I was in high school and college and when I first moved to New York, like in my sexual exploration at the beginning, it was hard for me to like think about making the first move or like, you know, there's a level at which if I know that I could be blamed for being overtly sexual and if I know that someone can look at me and say, oh, what a slut, what a whore, all this stuff, then I in some ways depend on someone pushing me a little bit like in order to feel good about the choice that I'm making. And I think that's a pretty horrible system for everyone involved, you know, so The other thing I think to mention is that when we talk about the ways that we are educated to make sexual choices, where does that education come from? That actually this whole conversation is part of the complete lack of sex education. And even in institutions where sex education is based on accurate information, where, you know, it talks about reproductive health um, accurately, which isn't even guaranteed, there's often not talk about consent. There's often not talk about queer relationships. You know, there's like so much that's missing, which means that we're all kind of teaching ourselves and like figuring out for ourselves. And in Sex on the Table, the program I'm making, there's a lot of comparisons with food. It's like a really (laughs) useful way to do it because we live in a vibrant food culture for the most part in a way that we don't live in a vibrant sexual culture yet. Um, And if we were doing this with food, it would be ridiculous if everyone was teaching themselves like from scratch every time how to cook good things. A, people would get food poisoning and burn themselves a lot more. And B, the food we would be eating just wouldn't be that good. There's a reason that only Red Lobster has good Cheddar Bay biscuits. (laughs) That that is a great metaphor. If I could just chime in really quickly because I I think that if we start to teach uh, sex especially the young girls, young boys, as a pleasure and Mm -hmm. how to make that experience great. Just like when you're teaching food, you teach how to make the best pasta, the best pizza. You don't start off by saying, as long as it's not burnt, we can eat it. Or you're not poisoned. Yeah, as long as you're not poisoned. As long as you're not going to go to jail for your behavior, Mm -hmm. then everything's fine, right? Like, that's the lowest possible bar imaginable. And I think, you know, so I work in restaurants, and one of the metaphors that's so useful to me in this conversation is that In the culture we're trying to build, legal frameworks and educational frameworks are both really important and actually really separate. So, like, restaurants need to have food handlers' permits. They need to have, 
you know, food safety certifications, whatever. But if that's all that a restaurant had, nobody would go. They yeah. also need to have creative chefs and menus and, you know, culture and vibes and Hennessy wings. You know. Yeah, exactly. So just real <laughs> quick, because we talked about sexual training. My sexual training came from a whole bunch of 13 year old boys who mm. lied about having sex. My dad, mm. who um, is potentially a sex addict and who made sex didn't sex was never thought about as a, pl- a pleasurable thing it was like a thing you had to get you can't focus you can't function if you're mm-hmm. not getting sex and if you turn down sex there was something wrong with you the, the last time i heard my dad tell me he loved me well the, when i went to college I, my dad didn't tell me he loved me for years and the first time i heard him tell me he loved me since i was like 14 years old was when i told him i didn't have sex with a girl and he goes why not are you gay if you're gay, I'll still love you. You can't live here, but wow. I'll still love you. Oh my gosh. And so, like, this is, you, you, this, yeah. it was funny. But, like, that's <laughs> the way you're thought of to think about sex. And I've even, like, got mixed signals from women who I've had women sleep over in my place. We've shared the same bed, and I haven't made a move. And I've had some women who got mad at me afterwards and, like, why didn't you do anything? Mm-hmm. And then I've had other women who have thanked me, which is even more confusing. Well, not confusing, but, like, frustrating because what the hell is happening right. that women have to thank you for not trying to, like, put your penis on their back? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard. Like, I remember going to college and, you know, going to all these, like, freshman workshops about sex and consent and, you know, sexual abuse and rape and whatever. And literally all it was was, like, men will try to make advances. And and first of all, like, talk about, like, no sense of, like, queer mm-hmm. sexuality. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just, like, totally, like, men and women, and this is what you need to prepare yourself for. Um, and it was basically told, like, to us as women that men will just try to make sexual advances and or rape you and it is totally your responsibility to control what happens like this their behavior is inevitable and how you respond or how you dress or how you you know how you arm yourself or how much you drink will determine what the result of that interaction is and I think that's awful I think that puts a lot of pressure on women to totally control what happens and how an interaction takes place and you know like Selena you and I had a conversation about um, saying no earlier this week and I think it's really hard I think it seems a lot easier you know when you're theorizing about what you would have done in a particular situation it's really easy to say well I would have been out of there I would have said no and stormed out Um, I think it comes with a lot of experience and training to be able to confidently say no because I think I I think we've all been there where we've second-guessed ourselves and we've allowed things to happen that we weren't perfectly comfortable with Um, so you know you saying that you take such pleasure in saying the word no and you know like standing up for yourself that is like my mantra now of 2018 I love that because it's hard and I mean I say yes to things that I don't want to do all the time. I say yes to like going out to parties that I don't want to go to or like hanging, you know, like taking on meetings or projects that I don't want to yeah. go to. Like it can be really difficult to just say no to things and take a second to think, is this the best thing for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, that that extends far beyond yeah. the sex and well, sexual interactions. Well, Cynthia, so the question I have, so what and how can we change how can we change the way that we think about sex mm-hmm. how can we do this i think that's a great question and i want to name also like to segue into it that as um steve yeah stanley, stanley. sorry <laughs> yeah bad. steve as stanley mentioned that we i think everybody no matter what your gender identity is has um some of our value felt that it's tied up in sex, whether it's not having sex, whether it is, whether it's being sexually attractive to somebody. And so that complicates saying yes or saying no, because I've been in situations where it's like, well, I want to say no, but I also don't want to 
reject somebody or like, right. like it just feels really complicated. And right. I think so. For, so part of what I've been spending the last year and a half building with Sex on the Table, um, part of the program is going to be these consent workshops. And the central question for me in the consent workshops is what would it look like to teach a room full of people how to practice consent? That I think when we talk about consent, we talk a lot about what not to do. And framing it around what not to do is, to me, centered in a very legal perspective. When you're in a legal realm, you're you're bound by, you, you already start with violence, right? You're starting mm. with what not to do. But in education, theoretically, we want to be starting with exactly what to do to practice really fantastic consent. And I don't think that framework exists elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah. definitely doesn't exist in schools. No. And it should. And um, I actually want to say, so 19 states require sex educators to teach sex should only happen after marriage. 24 states and including and Washington, D.C. mandate that schools teach any kind of sex education, which is not regulated by the federal government. And only one state, California, mandates that students receive education in affirmative consent. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. And I think that if we examine how sex is being taught in other countries like Australia or Switzerland, uh, from a young age, they understand what consent is. They understand yes means yes. And they understand that when it comes to sex, both parties need to be actively engaged. Mm -hmm. And if one person isn't, then there's a problem. I think that in the U.S., by us teaching and talking about sex from a very patriarchal standpoint, it always puts the man in a position of empowerment. And it's like women feel like we just supposed to just be very submissive. And I think that even though Grace said that she felt pressured from Aziz, I, I think that she felt pressured by his eagerness I think she felt pressured by the fact that she didn't want to disappoint him mm. and I think I know I felt like that especially as a younger woman and even as a teenager but I think that those are the pressures that a lot of women succumb to because of the way that we're socialized as girls I also want to name that so first, like the, the statistics you just read about sex ed are so terrifying. And yeah. I remember like I had a sex ed in fifth grade taught by like our regular fifth grade teachers. Like what are their credentials? Yeah. That wouldn't be <laughs> acceptable for any other subject. Yeah. And I also want to name in this conversation that when we think about sex, that when we think about like sexual intimacy and the different kinds of intimacy that are allowed, I think it's also like if we're talking about gendered expectations, that that's one of the only forms of intimacy that's allowed to men that like it's it, like to broaden this conversation and say, well, also in thinking about someone who is in a position of power like Aziz and who's built his his reputation around being feminist and being, you know, he wrote Modern Romance. Mm. And I think that adds to this conversation because it's like he's maybe someone that she expected to not have to. She probably there were other people who she would have gone into the night saying like, yeah, I'm going to have to fend them off. I'm going to have to defend myself. But with Aziz, it's like he's built himself up over theoretically being really good at consent but when we think about men in general whether they're in a position of power or not it's like in what ways do we allow men and masculine people to like really feel deeply other forms of intimacy physical intimacy that's not mm. sexual emotional intimacy intellectual right. conversational intimacy i'm so glad you brought up that point about aziz and his reputation because lisa a frazier on twitter actually commented about that she says and i quote um, I, it's fair for his reputation to be questioned. I think we learn that just because a person's image is wholesome and seemingly empowering in a way that do, in a way 
doesn't mean that they are necessarily like that. And if they're making money off of appearing a certain way, mm. we should question and call them out. Thank you, Lisa, for chiming in on Twitter at BeHeard underscore Radio. Stanley? Yeah, so guys, we do have to wrap this up. Before we do, I want to give Cynthia a chance to like, let our listeners know like how they can get some more of this education, where they can go to you to have sex on the table. Thanks. See what um, I did there? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can go to sexonthetable.com org there's not that much activity going on yet on those sites because it's really going to launch in a couple of months um you can always email me at cynthia at sex on the table dot org um and stay tuned for that you know for it popping up on your news feed in a couple of months all right guys so um i guess i'll wrap it up here and my thoughts on this are pretty simple um as long as I can remember, my dad used to always just talk about, like, you know, how much he loved having sex and like, how much he loved getting women and how fun the chase was. And, like, they don't want to give it to you, but you chase them and you wear them down and you get it. God. And it feels good. And it's such a great Ugh. release. And then your friends growing up, your guy friends, up the same thing they're talking about. Yeah, like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then when this happens, you know, she got to give it up. This is what it's going to be. And hearing, like, I dated a girl once and she talked about her ex-boyfriend and how he was in the playoffs. And it was a big game, and he lost the game. And she said, at the, she said she knew like there was no arguments about it. Like I had to give him some that night. The way that like I've heard sex be discussed, the way that I was told sex was supposed to be for me and for others, the way that I was told to like handle my sex and handle my own, my own baggage as a man has always just been through. Sex, it's a physical thing. It's nothing else. I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. And I'm supposed to take it. I'm supposed to win it. And a woman is going to give it. And I've never had a conversation about, you know, making sure she feels good in the process, thinking about her, paying attention to her, what she thinks, what she wants. It didn't matter. It was just what I had to do to get it and how I would feel afterwards. And now we're in this new era where people are being held accountable for that selfishness. And for the first time, a lot of us are realizing that the behavior that we were exhibiting, the things that we were doing to women, to the women in our lives, whether it was sexually, emotionally, mentally, it was selfish. It was with that same shoot your shot culture that has hurt millions and millions of women and hurt millions and millions of men, if we're being honest. Because through all that socialization, through all those bad lessons, all we have done is just continue to take on the same negative, destructive behaviors that have hurt the ones that come before us. And this Aziz Gray story, you know what? It kind of was a wake-up call for a lot of us because now all of a sudden we realize that something was going wrong. The playbook was all messed up, and we have to change. You know, a lot of people are arguing about whether this was sexual assault or whether it was sexual bullying. I don't really think that matters. I think the most important thing, particularly for men, for us to pay attention to, is someone felt uncomfortable. Someone had a totally different interpretation of what was happening, and he couldn't see that. And I know why he couldn't see that, because he was so focused on getting to that nut. He was so focused on getting into her. That was the only thing that mattered. She wasn't human at that point. She was just an obstacle. She was just the goal. She was just the chase. The chase isn't healthy. We got to get past that. 
So with that being said, I'm done with Selena. Uh, thank you so much, Stanley, for wrapping us out uh, segment. Thank you so much, Cynthia, yeah, for joining us you, Cynthia. in the studio here. Thanks for having me. On it was Let Your so Voice great Be Heard, you. guys. We're looking forward to your upcoming project, Sex on the Table. Uh, we also want to thank everyone who chimed in via Facebook and Twitter and people who actually called in today. Uh, continue to support us, and we will support the issues that you care about. And you could do that by becoming a member on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash let your voice be heard. If you give us a few dollars, we promise to continue to stay on air. <laughs> Simple as that, guys. And I'll, I'll just um, close things out by saying, you know, Stanley, you did a phenomenal job. Like, mm-hmm. yes means yes. And I think that we definitely need to change the way that we think about sex and women. And I hope that you guys got a lot out of that. And hopefully it was somewhat empowering. <laughs> on that note, we do have to say goodbye. But don't worry. You can check us out on iTunes iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, Apple, everywhere that you can get podcasts. You can check us out the Let Your Voice Be Heard radio, the podcast version. And you can also check us out online at lyvbh.com. Again, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we'll see you next Sunday.